Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Pre-show time for 385. Yes. Yes, 385. Almost time to break off another hundo. <laughs> We're getting there. So, uh, I've recently bought a immersion circulator. The, Ooh, the okay. Wi-Fi immersion circulator thing. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen the, the Wi-Fi Vina. one. It, this mean, is a sous vide thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, it's it has a Wi-Fi app, okay. um, which is really it turns out kind of silly. <laughs> you set a temperature, mm-hmm. and it, I mean the nice thing is it tells you when it's up the temperature, so it'll alert you. Right. But then it also has like a timer on it. But I mean the whole thing of sous vide is that, uh, I mean you can set a timer through anything, <laughs> so it just it'll warn you like I guess if it if it goes below a certain temperature, but it shouldn't anyway. Right. So I was. Uh... I've never tried it, but I have, you know, because I have that fermenter control, uh-huh. right? I could use that and a crock pot and have a sous vide machine, right? Because it'll control when the crock pot's on and off. And okay, well, yeah, this uh, this is also just circulation yeah, in the water. Circulation, too. okay. So it, it it's more than just so it also so it keeps it at a constant temperature and it keeps the it, it's sort of like it kind of makes it the water like a like a pan that surrounds the food, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since you, I also bought a vacuum sealer so I could put the food right. in well, the bags you, and stuff. Yeah, you kind of need that. You need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, when you read up on sous vide, right? The big caution is you don't want to go so long with botulism conform. Right. So that's the thing you have to worry about, I guess, because you're you know no oxygen or low oxygen environment and nice warm temperatures for ten hours. And, yeah, no, I, I would never cook for that long. You, I mean, you end up. Hurting the proteins anyway if it let, if, if you're cooking that long, but I mean, okay. it, it makes a steak that is just absolutely perfect. Um, then I have to do a sear it afterwards. Uh, and I made I, I made this. I, I've been experimenting with eggs a little bit. So if you would t- take one of these, oh, is this a sous vide egg? It's a sous vide egg. Now the it's at 150 degrees Fahrenheit, which I believe is like 60, 62 degrees Celsius or something. So is it hard boiled? It is hard boiled, okay. but it's got it's it's. We've got a very, very almost pretty much liquid uh, white. But what I want you to try is the yolk. Okay. So a little crack, and it should it should kind of just pour right out of the out of the egg, out of the shell. So just let it just crack it open and let it just pour out. All right, I'm breaking the uh, membrane. And you want another? Here, <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so let's see the there, yeah. So the the whites are kind of just flaking away. Mm-hmm. Some of it's liquid, some of it's hard. There's some umbilical or whatever parts of the eggs you never really notice when they're cooked right. other ways. All right, so here's the yolk. There's the yolk. Now, to me, the yolk is like it is cooked to the point where it is. The texture is like that of uh, an awesome cheese. Is it runny at all? It's it, it's more like a like a, a cheese. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like a brie, right? Mm-hmm. Like a actually has like a, maybe it's suggestion, but it almost has like a cheese, like because the texture is so much there. I'm kind of tasting like brie type flavors. Yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. Pretty good, huh? It's pretty good. Yeah. Simple little eggs. That, that's just cooked for an hour at that that temperature. Hmm. So. I it gets a little more yolky towards the end. Right. Those first two bites, all the fat and creaminess of it. It. If you like, we're feeding someone blind. Yeah. What is this? They'd probably say brie, right? It almost tastes like uni. Like the, the texture is very similar to uni. So I, I was thinking, like, if you could, it just didn't have the sweetness. But if you let, like, put some sugar on it, maybe even torched some sugar on top of it. Okay. You could have, may, make it into a very sweet thing. I think. And it would just it would go fine on like rice. You could have sushi with that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That was pretty good. There's one more if you want it. I'll have it later. I'm sure the <laughs> was exactly what everyone liked to listen to. But yeah, I was uh, I was super impressed by that egg. I was like, whoa! I made like six of them. And they're like on point. So now I have a. I'm gonna take I think my circulator down to um, the Cape. So I can try all types of... Let's cook all kinds of yeah stuff. Interesting. Scallops. I bet you scallops would be amazing. Done it. Yes. Because you get the perfect doneness. Right, right. I mean, they're so easy to turn into rubber yeah. bit, rubber hockey pucks, right? Mm-hmm. And with that thing, they probably have the same kind of texture as that egg does. I mean, they're probably amazing. They're... Yeah, it's it's a, it's a softer than the egg, but it's it's beautiful. And then, yeah, all you, all you have to do is sear it and... I I mean, scallops are so expensive. I bought two for like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very high quality uh, right. sea scallops, but they were, yeah, they were good. I did that. I did tuna, like the frozen tuna. You okay. can just uh, mm-hmm. put that in there and you know sear that. Uh, swordfish, and of course the steak. I did. And what else did I do? Did I do anything else? Salmon. Salmon, because salmon is another thing that's really easy to overcook. Okay. So, yeah, it's great because you can just, you don't have to pay much attention. You, the water gets up to, to temperature, you put it in there, you wait a certain amount of time, you take it out, it's done, and you can do any finishing you want to it. Yeah, searing can give you that caramelization flavor, yeah. right? You, you really, I mean, like, especially on a steak, you have to have that. And with the tuna, it really does help to have that sear on the outside. Uh, and the, 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 it's not like, it's not. It wasn't as raw as I wanted in the middle with tuna, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's if you want raw tuna, you get you, you right. Know, you just it just sear it, and yeah. Be done with it, yeah. right? Uh, and so you know, it's good for salads and stuff like that. Uh, and any uh, yeah, the steak. The only problem I had with the steak. Let me show you. I have a picture of, of the doneness of the steak because it gets the steak like totally done throughout. At the right temperature, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. The only problem I had was I think it was I, I did a New York strip and I, I cooked it uh, a little bit too medium rare for my taste. I like it I think a little bit more rare, but you can see that the okay the color was perfect. That's interesting. I would have expected it to be. Um, I don't know. I was under the impression when you sous vide meat, you do it for a very long time to convert the proteins or you know break down the. Uh, mm-hmm. The lassins or whatever they are, right? And, you know, I wasn't imagining it to still be pink on the inside. I thought it was going to be more brown throughout, but be, you know, extraordinarily tender. Yeah, this is, it's just cooked to the point where it can only get that. uh, I mean, if I wouldn't have seared it, then the edges would would have been the same color, too. Right. So, 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's the perfect way to cook things that I found. It's it's awesome. I'm really happy I bought it. Cool. All it does is it goes into a pot. So the twentieth was the longest day of the year. Yes. But our latest sunset is on the twenty sixth. Interesting. I was thinking about this. I heard this right, and I was trying to you know thought experiment it out, like looking at all the. Um, uh, 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 geometry that's what i'm trying to think of yeah. geometry of the system and it makes sense i think it, it matters just i mean a lot of the distances the size of the sphere matters mm-hmm. things like that but because think when you know on the uh, solstice right the you, like you say your earth on the sun right mm-hmm. your polar axis is going to be pointed up and towards me yes right when it's before the solstice, it's going to be pointed up and towards me and, from my point of view, to the right. Sure. So I'm going to see more of the morning side than the night side. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to show up and to the left. Past, so now I see more of the night side. Right. So, it, you know, until the axis starts tilting away from me more... It'll counterbalance that whole thing in a couple of days. Yeah. But yeah, the 26th is the latest sunset. And I found a really cool website. Um, shoot, what was it? I'll see if I can Pornhub. find it. Pornhub.com. Yes, that was it. That's the cool <laughs> website. I found this really cool website, everybody. It's the best kept secret. All the porn is free. Uh, no, but it showed graphs of the yearly sun things. And you can see this wobble. Like, you can kind of mm-hmm. see, like, right around, like how it's or you know it's uh, it's skewed towards sunrise until the solstice and then it's skewed towards sunset and then on the other solstice you see it go the other way so it's kind of this wobble you see in mm. the graph and the site also helped me confirm something we had talked about a long time ago and we tried to do a thought experiment around but we couldn't get come to anything conclusive and that is when you're on the equator is a day always 12 hours is there shorter days mm-hmm. my um proposition was that on the um, solstices, would the days be a little bit shorter because there's less diameter of the Earth for the sun to go behind, mm-hmm. right? And it's true, but it's it's much less than I thought. It's like at most between the solstice and the equinox is like two minutes. Oof. So like that's it. Yeah, so it's it's very minor effect. <laughs> very minor effect. And in the graph you can kind of see this little bit hourglass thing, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's like two minutes. So it's like, you know, twelve hours and thirty minutes of, of sun of sun up, and then it's like twelve minutes and thirty two twelve hours and thirty two minutes of sun up on the solstices mm. or something like that. So very minor effect. But again, it proved out what I had imagined with mm-hmm. the geography. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. The uh, geometry. Geometry. <laughs> Well, see, it's the Earth because the geography is confusing me. Yeah. Also, I mean, geometry doesn't refer to the Earth, but it tells geo in it, so that's weird, right? Yeah. And I was also reading up on geodesic surveys this morning mm. as well, because there's the um, there's like the uh, cartography standard that was uh, formalized in 1927, where everything was they still used latitude and longitude, mm. but everything was 
the latitude and longitude was calculated by the distance and the angle to this point in Kansas. Interesting. There was this point in Kansas. It was the like benchmark, the, like the the mother benchmark of the United States. It, of, feels, of it feels like that would move. Well, it wasn't so much. So it was. This was the mother benchmark, but it wasn't distance and angle based on a flat plane, but on a um, ellipsoid, the certain standard ellipsoid that was in, like okay. plotted in eighteen fifty six or something like that. And they found that in certain places, because of different geogra- geographic uh, features, that you know it could be there was discrepancies and like overlaps and things mm-hmm. like that. So then, in 1983, this is the new standard. It's the um, NAD North American um, D D. Uh, it's something based on demarcation. I forget exactly what the word is. Um, where they use satellites, and it's a glow. So the the interesting thing about the twenty seven one was, while it was on this ellipsoid, is that the right word? Sounds right. It was not one that um, accurately mapped the entire surface of the Earth. It was just for North America. Mm-hmm. So other places used different ellipsoids that were accurate for their geographic right. region. And then in 83, when they had satellites and, G- and GPS, they were able to have a global ellipsoid. And then now that's what everything's based off of. Sounds good. Sounds and right. And if you use uh, latitude and longitude for 1927 here in Pittsburgh area, could be about 20 meters off from the 1983 stuff. And how much is that? Like I said, how much does it account for the the plate moving and stuff like that? Because we must have moved a couple centimeters at least. They said that I did read about that. There's a shift. What was it? Two centimeters a year. Mm-hmm. Base, but, but what, what was it? Two centimeters a year. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about um, the shifting and something on average about two centimeters a year. Yeah. Ground but, still liquid, just very, very viscous, right. slow liquid. Yeah, I just thought, you know, it was interesting. You know, this place, everything was measured to this place in Kansas. And with that distance and that angle, then you were able to calculate your latitude and longitude. It was just like a very interesting way. Cartography has always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. If I was born 100 years ago, I'd probably be a map maker. 150 years ago, you know, I just love yeah. maps. And, uh, you know, so I was reading up on that while I was... Having my morning constitutional. Map maker, map maker, make me a map. Your morning constitutional, I like that. Uh, yeah, so I guess that, that that's because I, I said now's the time you love days until 9 p.m., so there you go. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate it, you love it. So yin-yang. I do. It, it It's kind of bittersweet for me this year because if I let the kids stay out until it's dark, then they're cranky. Mm-hmm. So I have to put in the bed once they're still in like yeah. an hour of light or more left. Yeah. When they get older, though. Yeah. 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 It's a temporary thing. So have you ever noticed when you go into a store that is that's not like a convenience store or a grocery store, but almost any other store, particularly any retail store, they will <laughs> ask you like sometimes three different things like, 
do you have a our our loyalty card? Do you want our credit card to save twenty percent? I remember when mm-hmm. I, I went to Toys R Us to buy some of the junk, uh, the toy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I bought a two dollar thing, uh, and they asked asked me if I wanted to have a loyalty card. No. Do you want to have the uh, do you want to register for for a credit card to save twenty percent on this purchase? today no and then there was even like another thing i had to say no so now what i did i I bought recently i had to go find uh for my uh survey i had to find binder clips to Mm -hmm. clip things i couldn't find like where the hell are you to find them i was like looking for them giant looking through them in or giant eagle looking them in uh right aid finally went to office depot Mm -hmm. and there they were uh but i just went up to him and he started on his spiel i just said no offers please and that cut out that thing so had a uh, door-to-door salesman come by, pest control stuff, and I, I wanted to do an experiment. I wanted to see how it, if he would do his pitch if I pulled up my camera and started videotaping him from mm-hmm. from the get-go. He did. Mm. He asked, why are you videotaping me? I'm like, because I, I want to. He thought I was in sales or something. He thought I was trying to like you know study his technique. I'm like, no. But if something gets broken into, at least I have your face on, on video. <laughs> um didn't didn't fluster him. I thought I'm going to keep doing it because I think, especially some of the less um, authentic, reputable. Rep, reputable ones, will probably be like, "I'm out of here." Yeah, be a good litmus test. Uh, I wonder if you do that with like, do you get Mormons to come by? <laughs> I don't think it would fluster them, right? It's yeah. more so yeah. like uh, people who are like more. I, I had the idea a couple weeks ago when there was a questionable. A um, couple guys that had come through, and then the other day there was some other pest control or shutter guy or painting guy, but he skipped our house, so I didn't get to use it. And then I got to use it last night, but uh, he he did his spiel. I was surprised. Can I upload that to YouTube? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, I screwed up and I wasn't videotaping. Uh, I hit the button too many times, uh, but he didn't know that. <laughs> just like at the, uh, just like with. The the cup, you screwed up your video. You gotta yeah. you gotta get better at your video. I know. Well, that was me shooting video when I didn't want to shoot video. Right. This was me not starting the video. Oh boy! So how? So another ridiculous political thing happened this week. Uh, the the Brexit, and you know everyone's going crazy. And I don't know. It, it, people will calm down, but it's definitely weird. It's a weird age we're living in. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what the EU does so there isn't a slew of other exit votes. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's going to be several. I mean, the, the weird thing was, if you look at all the stuff that's coming out, at least now in the media, is that no one expected it to work. <laughs> David Cameron called it because it was more to, more to bolster his chances of getting elected than anything else. Uh and so he messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, even the people, even at least anecdotally, a lot of the people who voted leave are now like, well, we didn't expect it to win. And uh, and yeah. and the other weird thing, though, is that this isn't binding. Oh, no? It's not legally binding, but I don't know whether you'll be able to say we had a big referendum and over 50% of people... <laughs> So, no, we leave? we know better than you. Yeah, so, yeah. what was the margin of, of? I believe it was like fifty-one point eight to okay. forty. 
8.2 or whatever, something like that. So, 49. You talked about how uh, how much value AB InBev lost on Friday. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how bad the U.S. stock market went down. Well, I mean, there's... 600 points or whatever, or just... Any any large impact thing like that is going to disrupt stuff. So you're more. I'm not like interested in what's going to happen the day after these things because I don't I don't care that much about uh, you know the four hundred one k. I know I'm not looking at that today. I'm sure it went down, mm-hmm. but over the long run, it'll keep growing anyway. The yeah, the interesting thing is yeah, a lot of value got dumped because all of a sudden, well, there's, there's just a whole lot of unknowns. So people are going to stick to that which should be known. There's a story on Marketplace yesterday about, well, there's two things I mentioned. I guess Alan Greenspan said this was worse than um, the Black Friday crash. Interesting. Um, the, the lasting impact of it, I guess, is what he said. And Keep in then, mind, the Dow is, is, is at like an all-time high right now. So it's <laughs> it's like, it's, yes, some value got lost, but... You could think of it as just skimming off the top. Yeah. And then the other thing was a story about, you know, London is like one of the uh, banking centers of the world. Mm-hmm. And it'll be difficult for, you know, it, like it can't be the banking center of the world if it's not in the EU is what they were saying. And they're talking about what it would take to move it. And they said, you know, someplace like Frankfurt would be a good place, except... Frankfurt's only the size of like Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. Could you imagine the banking infrastructure of New York City moving to you know Charlotte? And you know the city just couldn't support it. Mm-hmm. So I guess Ireland's interested. Spain, you know, there's, Paris and Ireland are like two places that are right. interested in becoming the banking capital. But it's crazy shit. Yeah, it means probably Scotland's. You know, if Scotland's going to leave. I can't believe it was two years for that vote. It seems to me like it was like six, eight months ago. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Where did time go? I thought we just had that Scotland referendum, and it was two. It was 2014. I'm like, what? No, can't be. Was it the end of 2014? Maybe. I don't. Two years. Wow. I was um, talking to some people from England, actually, and then they said, you know, I'm like, no, 24. I mean, they would know, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, on the way home on Marketplace, they said the same thing again, 2014. I was like, shit, where did time go? <laughs> um, I don't know enough about the whole situation to really have much comment on it. Uh, just that it seems pretty messed up. And it, it, uh, what I find funny <laughs> is that the British always were like, you, you dumb Yanks and your, your politics. Yeah. And then they, they, how messy it, it is. Yeah. You go and do some dumb shit, dumbass thing yeah. like that. Yes. Everyone can be dumb. Everyone can be dumb. Just turning on the air conditioning. Ah. Feels a little warm in here, don't you think? A little bit. So what's this about Rory McGlory pulls out of Rio Olympics over Zika concerns? Uh, it was the um Yeah, he's not he's a he's like a world class golfer. Probably one I mean I know his name. He's almost Tiger Woods uh-huh. type good, right? And he's not going to Brazil because he doesn't want to get Zika. When, you know, the WHO says 16 people are going to get Zika. So, I hope he doesn't try riding cars. <laughs> it's true. 
Hope yeah. he doesn't um, well, shave with with a with a razor. <laughs> I I suppose it's another example of uh, people are just irrational mm-hmm. when it comes to these kind of things. Right, but that was kind of why I posted just because of that. It's like sixteen people and you, Mister Rich Golfer. Yeah, and it's not like uh, Zika is going to kill a rich golfer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um. do we have I don't know what else do we have have you seen this echo thing <laughs> that's, that's the, the Jew Twitter thing no <laughs> I say Jew Twitter basically there, there's this uh, there's this effort by some um, white supremacist people online to whenever uh, Jews are mentioned to put multiple parentheses around them as as a symbol for an echo sound because that means they're part of the global elite that's controlling the world or something like that it, it, it's a whole mess up thing okay. but th- this got out because there was actually like a chrome plugin that turned uh names that were jewish sounding into into those things it got pulled from the chrome store <laughs> but it got out and what what happened is a lot of um a lot of Jewish people online started to just put their names in the in the thing, just be like, oh. "All right, we're gonna we gonna top that for us," and, and uh, they're just gonna make fun of it. So that's why I tweeted this Jesus of Nazareth thing with, oh. the, with the three characters okay. because he was a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. yeah. Oh, Allison asked me today. So it was right after we were on the radio. They just had a. a well, the political commercials for Pennsylvania uh, Senate. And he, she's like, so what's up with Katie McGinty? Is she good or bad? I can't tell. <laughs> so she's been listening to uh-huh. these ads. Uh-huh. And she's, you know, she's caught the name Katie McGinty. Yeah. And, you know, she hears these bad, scary-sounding ones. And then she hears the other ones. And <laughs> so I had to explain to her the whole, you know, people who pay to put these ads yeah. on the radio thing. But oh, it was a great question. I can't figure out if that she's good or bad. That's what they're. That's what they're trying to do. Yes, your advertising works on an eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, well, no, she was skeptical still, right? She could have just said she sounds like a bad lady. Uh-huh. Well, if she doesn't. Yeah, she she's skeptical enough at at nine, right? To be like, this this, this, this doesn't weird. This doesn't quite yeah. add up. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is great. <laughs> I love this. Um, well, I think I saw an ad for like an anti-Katie McGinty ad where two, was it, there was a, it was a playground situation and kids were running away from Katie McGinty. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, I think that's what it was. And the one that I heard today was... Um... Uh, about how she, you know, she is, she's pretty pro-immigration and this was an anti-immigration ad and don't let, don't let Katie McGinty show them have more yes. sanctuary cities like Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see if I can, if this ad is still here. Um, Katie McGinty. She's running against Pat Toomey, who is a U.S. Senator. 
see if there maybe should be a videos. The thing is that she she's stealing energy. Okay, I have to find this. <laughs> you have to see this edit. It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, talk. Um, things. Uh, went on a bike ride today. That was fun. We did a short eight miles. Allie was. It's funny, she was cranky until we had turned around, and then she had a great time going the four miles <laughs> back. Heather said, you know, um, the hair so all right, I found it. The hair, <laughs> all right. I think I need to get Allie a better seat. She was only complaining about her butt hurting, mm. so so cute. I can't believe how much energy they have. Shh, don't say that. What energy? Yes. Have you seen how Katie McGinty tries to tax energy? Proposed 72 billion in BTU taxes under Clinton, as much as 1.8 billion in taxes on Pennsylvania energy. She even supported cap and trade. If Katie McGinty sees how much energy they have, it's only a matter of time before she taxes it. Oh no, she heard you. Run, Jimmy, run! The U.S. Chamber is responsible for campaign this advertising. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> What's the? Uh, I can't. I mean, that's that's kind of something you would see at the on the cold open of Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As a as a parody ad. Right. Not a genuine. She's trying to steal kids' energy and scare numbers with the money, which of course is minor compared to the right to the economics of the. She of even the supported cap and trade. Oh my god. That's the new boogeyman, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> the gif of the kid at the end. Okay. Ah, shaking his hands and running off screen. So Katie McGinty Katie must be McGinty. bad. Yeah. She's, well, she's, she's stealing kids off playground. No wonder that... Uh, <laughs> no wonder people are upset. So, anything else? Um, well, we had a little bit of an argument <laughs> about uh, you not looking at. <laughs> I didn't have an argument. <laughs> well, I just ignored you. You ignored me, right? Yeah, and I was annoyed. <laughs> I'm just you're just kind of ignoring you again because I don't want to fight you over this. <laughs> it was it. I uploaded something that I thought you would really like, and you didn't even bother to look for a couple of days, and that bugged me. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like looking was hard. And since I thought you'd like it, and I imagine you did, I was just expecting a little bit of a hey, thanks. I told you when I saw it. You said, oh, you know, you you sent me a. Uh, I sent you a text to let you know I had seen it, and yeah. Well, not really. You well, said, there probably was going to be more, but then you started shitting on me again, and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> fuck this! I'm not going to continue this conversation." Mm. It was. It, I will have. I will say. I was a little bit annoyed by it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, all all cards on the table. Right. Uh, I was annoyed because it was like, "Come on, Jeff! I told you that something's there. You can look at it." I wasn't at a computer when I got the message. And then forgot when I was at a computer, probably. Oh. And then after your second 
ping the next time I was at a computer, I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Well, did you enjoy it? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. I, do we want to talk about it? <laughs> or, or not? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's, um... It's a video. Of something... That won just a bunch of awards recently. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Uh, and so you can see some of the things that... Yes. Yeah. I was impressed at how much work the person put into record capturing yeah, yeah. the video. There's lots of panning and zooming. Did a pretty good job of capturing most of the action. Mm-hmm. And and I, I thought... I, I was happy to be able to see the staging for the show because that's how I saw it. Okay, it's, it's Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> it helped. I mean, the soundtrack is the entire thing. Yeah. You're not really you're you're hearing it all, but yes, there's a couple parts where seeing the staging helps set. Yeah, your even though the sound wasn't as good, uh, you couldn't the lyrics weren't as easy to understand. Uh, getting a couple visual cues were pretty cool. Pretty helpful. all the King George stuff is made like I think infinitely better. Yeah, because that's how I mean that's how I what, you know when I said I'd first see I'd only seen the first half because mm-hmm. I'd I'd watched I hadn't oh. listened to the two oh. to, to the soundtrack at all so I was just watching it so I, I immediately like sort of kind of fell in love with that character mm-hmm. and the way he's presented the it's kind of the um, uh, inside jokes. Yeah. And things are more apparent and not mm-hmm. really apparent just listening to the soundtrack. Right. Um, and it also helps the audience cues, I think. Helps you realize when they're, you know, it was a pop culture type mm-hmm. reference, you know, in a historical reenactment type thing. Yeah. Getting to understand the laugh lines, you know, the, the point yeah. in the shows that, that uh, you know, how and how they react. And also, I mean, just some of the staging things. Like, the, there's a whole. One of the uh, themes that's running through the show is, is history has his eye on you, and then there's a, a real like visual of that with the lighting, where you mm-hmm. see sort of an iris of an eye and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and that that adds to the right. sensation. So, yeah, there was that. Like the early on when the one guy's banging on the table, beating out the drum beat, or, mm-hmm. and when they're doing the one scene with his son and the mom's beatboxing, you know, <laughs> things like that. I didn't pick up from the soundtrack. But. Yeah. Good stuff, so I'd recommend seeing the show. <laughs> Easy to get tickets. It's airing every, it's, on, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should it's, give you, I have the Book of Mormon, too, if you want that. Yeah, I might want to watch that. You throw that in there. All right. So, as long as you promise not to yeah. bitch me out if I don't watch it right away. I won't bitch you out. If, I just, I wanted to get, It was like, cool to see it, and I would have had a longer conversation with you, but I wasn't in the mood to fight you. All right. So I just turned off the message. Fair I enough. decided not to reply anymore. That is so a, that probably made you more upset that you thought I didn't appreciate it, but you didn't give me time to tell you that I appreciate it. You were just being a dick about it. That's and true. I said, fuck off. That's a, I, I can't fault you for that because that was, <laughs> that was exactly my, my attitude at the time. I was, uh, I, I wasn't feeling that well that day anyway. <laughs> so I blame a little bit on that. Um, I didn't see a point in starting a fight over it. Yeah. We're not getting into a fight now, which no, is good. I thought no. we were for a second. I thought you wanted to pick a fight. Uh, no, I, I wanted I wanted to clear the air. Uh, and sometimes sometimes it requires getting into a fight, but doesn't always. That's why I stopped messaging you because I didn't think it required a fight. Yeah, it doesn't. As we as we just learned, 
<laughs> it's not required. Right. Um, but, uh, so, another thing you mentioned is you, you watched, um, you mentioned this in, uh, before, uh, you know, you watched the, the glowy thing. Oh, Life that Glows. Yeah. Yeah, so that was in there, you know, as I'm, so I added your folder to the media thing, so now it'll be easier for me to check. I don't have to awesome. log in, right? I can just go click, 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 and uh, Life that Glows is in there, so Allie really liked it. You know, it's probably the first, um, I mean, she loves animals, right? She right. watches Wildcrats, but this is probably the first adult documentary she's seen and been mm-hmm. thoroughly engaged in so i think it's time to start getting you know um i'm getting more david attenborough stuff well yeah but what were the uh what were the two monumental ones there was blue planet or uh, planet earth planet earth and what was the ocean one no. um was it life was it just called life no there was planet earth and then there was one just on the oceans oh which was just as monumental maybe blue planet yeah maybe something like that but I mean, I think those are probably be really good places. Well, problem is if you start there, then everything else is going to be downhill. Yeah, visually. I've, most most documentaries. I, there's a there's a great Richard Attenborough one on on Galapagos. Mm-hmm. Um, might be a little too advanced for Ali, but it's it's great. Um, there's there's a bunch of interesting stuff. I mean, it, it depends on, on what she's interested in. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like I love the. There's one called Life on the Undergrowth, which is all about, you know, fungus and other stuff. I don't know whether she would like that too much, but to me, that's mm-hmm. that's way more interesting interesting than you know lions hunting hyenas again. Right. No, I agree. The um, I thought Life the Clothes. One, one of the interesting you know facts in Life the Clothes was bioluminescence evolved independently fifty different times. Yeah, it's a successful trait if it's come around that many times. Yeah, it, or it's it, an easy trait one or the other. But well, the reason that it's still here is means it's successful. I mean, the, a, an example of, of of similar sort of coversion evolution is when uh, dolphins and whales they evolved fins and stuff to to mm-hmm. more easily uh, move through through water, and mm-hmm. that's you know that that seems to be a coversion thing that happens a bunch of times. Um, eyes have developed several times in uh, in the evolutionary record. Things that haven't developed several times, um, mammaries have only developed once, as far as we know. Um, the the basic uh, tetrapodal design that we all share came essentially from fish, and that's and I think five fingers is the max that any uh, creature has in general. It seems like that's the that's the right trade off between brain power and dexterity. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it was just interesting. Fifty times—that's a lot of times for bioluminescence. And I mean, that's fifty times that it was successful and kept in the mm-hmm. gene line, right? Right. right. There's probably other times that things started glowing started and it wasn't useful, or or it or that caused. That was useful for a time and became less useful afterwards. And yeah, I was trying to this. I was trying to talk to Allie about that. No, it wasn't about glowing. It was about some other evolutionary thing. Oh, she was talking. Wildcrats did a thing about things that live in the dark, and um, was it the? There's a salamander, 
it has a hand that's just like a human, so it's called like the human salamander, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it has five fingers, looks just like a human hand, really. And they don't have eyes, but they kind of have bumps there still, you know. And I was trying to explain to her how it's an energy to a usefulness trade-off. Mm -hmm. And eyes are, yeah, I don't think I really got it through. And then Heather was there in the room, and she was not understanding, and she was saying something else <laughs> about it. So that didn't help either. But I was trying to discuss that with her a little bit. But well, I, I mean, just think of the the brain power that goes into using eyes, uh, and that brain power can be replaced with other things. And then the eyes, then if they if the eyes don't do anything, well, then if there's a if there's some genetic thing that causes the drift that causes the eyes to be useless it won't matter to the salamander mm -hmm. so that's not going to be selected against and so ultimately you would expect that yeah the stuff that's it, it either it doesn't matter but also if you're if you have to eat less because you don't have eyes that require as much energy because they don't work as good then you actually have an advantage in the environment right it, it could be explained both ways and probably is like a, both factors right so if you have to find less calories yeah that's just going to wean its way out. You know, the eyes are going to wean its way out. You know, it'd be great if we could will ourselves to grow wings. You know, well, the, the, the problem is that like we don't have the extra limbs. We'd lose these limbs if we mm -hmm. had wings, right? Because we they would have to be, and we had to be much lighter for that to work. Mm -hmm. Or else, we'd be, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just a bad example. Yeah. But you know, it's just like you know, like what traits are humans going to lose over the next? 10,000 years. I think that there's some thought that our, our little toe might go away. Um, molars are so, something I've seen one way, yes, one way, no. Um, I don't know, probably gen, in general, little things. I, in general, but, I mean, that's there's those, but I mean, just because 10,000 years is not a lot of time. Well, well I, yeah. I just, again, I just threw out of time, but we're now we're so sedentary and you don't need to be athletic at all to survive, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So it's really going to change the species yeah, a lot. So, like, all the traits of uh, being selected for, for, like, you know, things that we still have from the last... Like endurance. 80,000 years, yeah. yeah. You know, there's going to be really no reason to select... For those, and uh, I mean, there's health benefits, but ultimately, mo uh, most of those health benefits are go or for post uh, procreation. You know, well, not, not only that, but in, in addition, the the health benefits are because our bodies are built a certain way for a certain thing, and mm -hmm. we're not doing that. Whereas right. when our bodies turn into the thing that we are doing. Uh -huh. Then, yeah, it'll, it'll be more healthy for us to be more sedentary. Well, that's an interesting thought. It's true. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I never considered that angle of it before, right? Because we're misusing our bodies. It's unhealthy, so we need to change the bodies. So the way we need to use them isn't misuse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the other weird thing is the technology is changing so fast that evolution can't adapt yeah. to... So, like, the, will that actually... Oh, the thing is that in, in, technology is intelligently designed. 
whereas right. But I'm saying, I'm saying. So you know, we've humans. Many most humans have been sitting in chairs for eight hours a day for a hundred years now. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to be that way necessarily for the next you know thousands next couple millennia you know and so by the time evolution starts selecting for sitting in chairs so many other things have changed that it just can't keep up right yeah so um so we'll just uh, we'll probably turn to blobs (laughs) um probably not too far off i mean i'm gonna be um from brains in jars do everything yeah abandon the body essentially because what's the point when you get to it when you get to that technological level uh and you understand how and you understand how biology works to the same extent you understand how that technology works then i (coughs) i don't see any reason not to transfer the information into technological things that will last longer and before sure i mean that's you know not even looking that far ahead i could see this completely atrophied shell of a human that's plugged in and does everything virtually but you know we don't have the physical means to do anything Uh, that's one way of thinking about it but then you know What's to keep the uh, people that can still walk from going around and just smashing all the <laughs> jars of blobs in it? Lasers, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Interesting. Got to work on some... Got to find some sci-fi where humans have just evolved into blobs. Well, <laughs> Wally, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, sci-fi where people have, you know... And you get zombie blobs. You get zombie blobs, but also the sci-fi where you know you've ascended past your physical mm-hmm. body, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, people. Yeah, I mean that's I've seen more of that. Wally's kind of the only thing where it's like they were in that last stage, the last the yeah. last vestiges of the human body. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other sci-fi like Wally, um, but you know, there's I guess, I guess the Matrix is actually after that, right? Because Wally, they were playing VR video games, but the Matrix was. Even though there was the whole plotline of the computers controlling the people, you could even. Let, let's just take the premise of the Matrix and flip it a little bit, where that was well, they haven't been able to upload their brains to the computer yet, but they you know the, they're just blobs yeah. in a shell and they're living a virtual life. So you could take that mechanical premise and flip it that way, and that's kind of like right before we. It it does seem weird to do that though to to, to make a world that's just like the one that you're in that you have to feel exertion and all that stuff too. Yeah, well, don't play, yeah. don't, don't play it out too far because right. that wasn't the plot yeah. of the movie. But I'm just using it as a benchmark mm-hmm. because you can imagine a lot of that, but we don't have the... some reason there, we don't have the tech to get rid of the bodies yet. There is that Bruce Willis movie that apparently was really awful based on a comic called Surrogates where I guess people made... People had AI or people just, just sat at home and then okay. they had little androids that, that were them that worked out in the world. But I think that was more like a safety thing than... Okay. But, yeah. Eh. I mean, it, 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 it's been out there. I don't know if, if any... I don't know if, if any... I mean, I'm sure somebody could mention, like, a book where, where it's been taken to, you know, wonderful stories. I don't know if in terms of popular media, if it's ever been really totally explored. Mm-hmm. 
that's a cool idea. Shall we get on to drinking? I think we should. All right. I absolutely think we should. <laughs> 